This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Thank you, Soul Shine. And uh, like I said, it's an honor to be here. And it's the spring equinox, which is a big deal. And I was able to do some research on the spring equinox. And the more I found out, the more it just blew my mind. Usually the spring equinox goes by, and we barely pay attention to that. And it was uh, considered the new year for many ancient civilizations and traditions. This was considered the new year. It was the beginning of the new light. This is really cool. Hang on, time out. Right now, the sun's ecliptic is crossing the Earth's celestial equator. That's just fun to say. (laughs) Right now, the sun's ecliptic is crossing the Earth's celestial equator. Day and night are equal right now. The Earth's axis is as straight as it is through the course of year. It happens on the autumnal equinox and the spring equinox. And it was a time of planting seeds, a time of having ceremony, of letting go of the darkness and the hardships of winter and embracing the new light coming in in the spring. And the symbols for this are little fuzzy bunnies and little fuzzy chicks. And, And think about that for a moment. That's just precious love. I mean, that's cozy, precious, warm, innocent love. And that's really what this talk is about is that preciousness we have in our lives, that source of our being. I found it also interesting that the pyramids are set to the vernal equinox. Stonehenge is set to the vernal equinox. Chichen Itza is set to the vernal equinox. It was a symbol of newness. And really, I liken this also to the time we are in human history. This is an epic time to be alive right now. If I could have stood back and chosen a time to be alive, I would have chosen now. It's a time of many of the veils dropping. No longer are we held in ignorance of thinking of precocious gods ruling the weather, precocious elements and superstitions, the idea that we have all this knowledge right now. In fact, knowledge is increasing so much, many professors in universities will say to their students that by the time you finish these courses and get your degree, everything you learned will now be obsolete. If if, if the knowledge stopped right now, it would take a generation or two just to process it. It's a beautiful time to be alive. And And I think about there are kids on cell phones in Uganda and India who are looking up with smartphones Knowledge that we could only have imagined a few generations ago. We are having conversations right now that our parents and grandparents could not fathom. And, and, and we're beginning to reconsider what is really worthy. In many developed nations, kids are growing up and they're seeing their parents who strove and sacrificed to accumulate wealth and be miserable and are wondering, is that really worthy? Our identi- what we identify as is changing too. You know, for, for countless generations, there were peasants, there were nobles, there were merchants, and you were that class. That's who you were. That's, that's what you were. And now our identity is going beyond the body, which is really interesting because we never were bodies in the first place. Our body replaces all of its cells Every seven years. Think about that. You don't look at your hand and say, I'm a hand. 
we're beginning to realize that there's more going on to us than a physical body. We're beginning to see ourselves as something greater than our occupation or our birth or our parents or our genetic lineage. The idea of dignity for everyone is really catching fire, and there's a backlash, which is totally natural, as the pendulum swings. But the concept of us being more than male or female, more than black or white, more than Republican or Democrat, or Protestant or Catholic, the idea that what we are is something other than a body, and it's something we live now. And it's interesting to note that our, as, like, for instance, right now, we, we, we seldom pay attention to it, but our, our heart is beating constantly without our conscious effort. It was, if it was up, for me, up to me to remember my heartbeat, I would be lost. I, I wouldn't be here. I would have passed away. Or my breath, to remember my breath to breathe. It's something I don't even think about, I, really. In quantum mechanics and super string theory, they're breaking this down and breaking reality down. Science is broke down the atom and found that there's nothing there. It's a vibration. They found protons and neutrons and then quarks, and they're finding out that there's nothing there. It's all vibration. And with super string theory and quantum mechanics, we're finding out that everything is connected and that there's a holographic nature of this universe. And in the holographic universe, the small reflects the whole and changes in the individual affect the changes in the whole. And we are waking up as a species. It's, it's evident everywhere we look. It may not be televised. It seems like most of the television is about fear, and fear is a control device to keep people in place. And it's breaking apart. It's breaking apart all over. So here, it's important to me to talk about the idea that our identity our being comes from the inside out. It's out time, outside of time and space. It's not subject to the reality around us. That we are sovereign beings in a time where we can reinvent ourselves and rethink everything that was thought before. That these bonds are breaking apart. And there are some things I would like to address. One, one is a poem that I heard in a dream, which may sound strange, but I'm strange. And the poem went like this, and and this came from me in my own journey, and and the idea was that there's so much suffering in the world. So much suffering, and people have even said that suffering is just part of life, something to be accepted, something to be expected. And and I was really torn and hurt over that, and and I heard this in a dream, and it went like this, and and I'll say it verbatim. Darkness reminds me of light. Fear reminds me of love. Weakness reminds me of strength. And it repeated three times. Darkness reminds me of light. Fear reminds me of love. Weakness reminds me of strength. And then, it is only because I come from light that darkness is unclear. It is only because I come from love that fear is uncomfortable. It is only because I am designed to be free that any degree of helplessness I find to be so disgusting And that is really what the rage is about, especially in the younger generations. It's the idea that this harness that's been put on us as a species no longer serves us. That our truth is light. Our truth is love. Our truth is freedom. And the crux of that is, it's something we can only embrace within. 
It's something that happens from the inside out. We will not be able to physically change the world. We can't change anyone else. The only thing we can change is what is inside. And the beginning of awakening is realizing that and beginning to watch our mind. In that paradigm, any thought or concept or belief system that makes us feel less than, that makes us feel in poverty, in lack, that we're somehow unacceptable, somehow unworthy, is false. And the beginning of awakening is just to listen to how we talk to ourselves in our mind. This is all an inside job. And to intentionally say things to ourselves that are kind, that are loving. Imagine the revolution if we began to wake up in the morning and just look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I love you. You are enough. We have the power to do that. We live in a society where it's totally sociably acceptable to talk smack, to speak negatively. In fact, it's considered... uh, almost empowering to speak negatively about the service we get in a restaurant, the food, our car, each other, the society, the leaders, religion, spirituality. We're in a place where to be um, cynical is being seen as being sophisticated. And to be tender-hearted and sappy and appreciative is considered to be cliche. And I want to say that simply because something is cliche makes it no less apropos. That with ourselves in our own place, in our own, so, so hang on time out, and I'll say that often because that's how my mind works. But this place inside of us, we wake up inside of our bodies every day. All through our day, we're having conversations with ourselves about the outside world. To be able to repeat a mantra of empowerment, to be able to make a point of, of finding something to be grateful for, can change the entire paradigm that we have inside of us. And we all know people that are loving people, people that walk into a room and just bring grace with them. The idea of realizing that we're capable of that, that these these concepts of grace and wisdom and understanding live within us. And as we consciously think about those, we evoke that. We, it, it, it's as though those programs are running unconsciously within us And as we think about those things and speak about those things and consider those things, we turn on those aspects of ourself that come along and begin to direct us in those ways. And the idea of, and and this is where I'm at in my life, you know, I've found that no matter what I have, how much money I have or what I have, it never made me happy. It's, it's a weird conclusion to come to because I was raised in a generation that thought if you worked hard enough and you bought the right house and you drove the right car, you would be happy. And I kept up coming empty and then found out again what was really true and what was really beautiful. Love, truth, and integrity and kindness. I'm at a point now where I, you know, of course, I don't know what happens after death. I don't... We'll never know. Atheists can't prove that there isn't a God. Spiritual people can't prove there is a God. It it really is a mystery. But I'm at a point that even if there is no heaven, even if there is no afterlife, I would rather love. I would rather care. I would rather be a dork in that because it, it feels good in here. 
And this is all we really have control over is what's in here. Forgiveness, I believe, is a superpower. And I would like to see a Marvel movie with a forgiveness man or forgiveness woman. In a world where everyone wants to destroy each other, there's forgiveness man. To forgive is a place of empowerment. And, and may we begin by forgiving ourselves. We were born into this world a precious light that was then shaded over with all these do's and don'ts and not good enough. And then we began to see our life through the lens of this light. If we could come back to our truth, come back because nobody knows what conscious, whatever is looking out of these eyes right now in this real time, whatever that is that's listening to this over Zoom or on YouTube, whatever that is that is hearing these words is outside of time and space. It is not limited to a body. Science cannot understand what consciousness is. Science cannot understand what that awareness is. And what we're finding out, the idea that every time our heart beats, it causes an electromagnetic pulse, what we're finding out through science, which is really brilliant, is that we are not just observers, but we are participators in reality. We are not just receivers, we are also transmitters of an electromagnetic frequency. And it is time, and it's already happening, they're waking up that we have control of our own electromagnetic frequency. They have done many studies on plants and and on ice crystals, where if people think loving thoughts on plants, they grow faster. And so I want to recite a poem, this is called The Epiphany. And, and I, it's easier for me if I close my eyes because I like to go there and then come back here with words. But as we sit right now, the wind is blowing across the Pacific Ocean. It's dancing over the swells, drawing up moisture and spinning wet into clouds and sending some back down like raindrops from the heavens. It comes blowing into the coastal range, pouring into the Willamette Valley, and then pushing over the Cascades, tumbling down over the tops of the pine trees, flowing into the basin of the Deschutes, passing through the city streets and into buildings and through car windows, and you just took a breath of this air, which is now passing through your lungs into your bloodstream, reaching your heart and hello and welcome to your life. You've just been jacked into the most amazing fantasy game ever imagined, And it's called actual reality. And with every beat of your heart and breath you take, you are a player in this game, a dancer on this stage. And this stage is everything you see and smell and taste and touch and feel and hear and think and where you go in your mind. And the real question is, what do you want out of this? If someone wishes to be miserable, life will provide no shortage of misery. Or if someone wishes to perceive of their game, their dance, their stage as though it were a tasty treat extravaganza, beckoning for you to peruse these delicacies as life can also be, I have a few words for you along your way, my fellow travelers. And that is that God is bigger than religion. Truth is older than the scriptures. Innocence is indestructible. Innocence is indestructible like every wave crashing the shore, every newborn baby crying, every dandelion that grows up through the cracks in the sidewalk to reflect its own little goldenness back onto the sun. Integrity is a light in our heart that never goes out. It's eternally oscillating, awaiting our inevitable remembrance of it. We may feel ashamed. We may feel afraid. 
We may rage against the machine, but our integrity is there to be remembered. True beauty is the feeling inside of us that inspires us to sing, not how we sound when we sing. True beauty is the feeling inside of us that inspires us to dance, not how we look when we dance, and we are free to be beautiful right now. And I invite us all to embrace this time of the year, this time of new light, this time of new growth, this time of precious benevolent love. And I embrace us all to, or I invite us all to embrace this time in human history. Everything is shaken up right now. Everything is being rewritten. What we are as a species, what the earth is, what mathematics are, This is an incredibly exciting time to be alive. And it's an honor to be here now. And this is something I believe and live. And I more and there was a long time I was alone with this. (laughs) Where where I would feel these feelings and think these thoughts and share them and just hit a wall. And more and more people are coming online. It's really truly beautiful. And it's an honor to be here now. And Kevin, we have more time. One minute. Hmm. I'll recite a poem. It's easy for me to do. So this is the idea of consciousness, and and I learned to ask questions and get answers in dreams, and the answer was, what is this consciousness? What is this looking out from behind these eyes? And the answer I got was a vision I had, which sounds really weird, and it is. But it's of a drop of water. A drop of water forms in the heavens, in the clouds, coalescing and cascading down through the air, imploding into the ocean like a zero-point implosion, sending forth the splash, which rises like a pyre of water straight into and to the sky. And just when this undulating flow begins to slow, just when this momentum stops, another drop bursts forth free, hovering there in the air for a moment. And in this moment of separation, this little drop of water looks out upon the ocean and says, Oh my God, it's so beautiful.